Welcome to the Pathway Podcast. This week, college pastor Jack Cross takes a fresh look at the Christmas story. Stay tuned after the sermon for this week's Next Steps. He spoke not a word, but went straight to his work and filled all the stockings, then turned with a jerk. And laying his finger aside on his nose and giving a nod up the chimney, he rose. He sprang to his sleigh and his team gave a whistle. And away they flew like a down of a thistle. But I heard him exclaim, ere he drove out of sight, happy Christmas to all and to all a good night. Now, (laughs) that's a classic, right? A poem and and not necessarily one that has anything to do with, with church per se, but, but there's really may not be another poem that has been written by an American that is well known. There's, there's, there's a lot out there, but, but that one is well known across, and, and I was surprised at how old that poem is from the early 1800s. The actual name of it is, right, like I said, A, a Visit from St. Nicholas, and not, it was the night before Christmas, I did not, did not know that. But one of the reasons why I read that this morning is because this time period, it does. We have a lot of, of, of awe and wonder and, and beauty, and there's a lot of things that we, we celebrate. And, and even reading something like a poem like that, there's a, I don't know about you, but you begin to think about, you know, w- what does that look like? Even just the idea of writing poetry is, is just kind of cool, and, it, and it's, you know, just in essence because you're imagining something that may not be right there. Reading, um, I'm, the name is losing me now, but Clement Moore uh, is the, the author. And even just thinking about like where he drew his references from. And up to that point, he, he's, he is, I mean, what we know as St. Nicholas and Santa Claus and reindeer and all these kind of things, the thoughts that we have and, and kind of the, what we put together during this Christmas time frame was really shaped from, from this guy, stems back to a lot. Because he's mixing several different things that, that up to that point that he had. And so just the ability to take your imagination and kind of create something is kind of a cool thing. It's also a dangerous thing. And so this time period and this, this piece of the, of the year, it's really what I came this morning to share with you for just a little bit. Is that my hope and prayer for us is that we would use our minds... To love God in a way that brings us closer to him and brings others closer to him. And for those of you who are adults, and it's hard maybe to use your imagination. For some of us, it's a little easier than others. For some of us, it's it's quite difficult because what we want to see are the the facts and we want to see the numbers. And and what is the empirical evidence right in front of us? And this time period, this season is a great one for us to think about how can I use my imagination? For, for those of you who are younger in the crowd, kids even, I want to encourage you. Use your imagination for the honor and glory of God. There's a phrase that I got introduced to years ago by a friend of mine, but the, the idea of a sanctified imagination, right? Where you can read the scripture or you can think about something and you can kind of use that where God can work through you and the things that you know that are true about the word of God and who he is. And then there's some things that you can kind of begin to think and know and, and just imagine a little bit, 
right? That's a, that's a good and healthy thing. And I want to read to you just a little bit because we serve a God who is the ultimate creator. He, he, he created all that we know to be this earth. He created humanity. And that's really what it says. I want to take you there first. In, in Genesis 1, 26 and 27, it says, Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky and the livestock, all the wild animals, by the way, that he created, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So verse 27, So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. He created us. God, out of nothing, created something. And each one of the phrases early on in, in Genesis 1 right there, and he says, and it was good, right? The different things he creates, the heavens and the earth, it was good. And in and, and that other term right there that I want us to pay attention to this morning is that idea of that image, right? And through that, we get the word imagination. And that is an awesome thing when channeled in the right direction. It's a terrible thing, by the way, when channeled in the wrong direction. As a matter of fact, just a few chapters later, in chapter 6, we're going to find out that, that God saw their, that men's hearts and, and all that they imagined... To be, and they saw that they were wicked. So it's very possible for your imagination to, to be wicked and to be very destructive. But, but really what I want us to focus on and what I want you to think about this morning, from the youngest of guys in here to the oldest, is how could God use your imagination? The Christmas time frame is filled with a lot of imagination. Filled with a lot of awe and wonder. And there's just something, there is, it is. It's, it's something special and sweet about, you know, seeing the Christmas lights and driving around and thinking, ooh, ah, right? Getting to see different people, how they decorate their home or maybe how they do different things. That's, it's good. And, and for kids, too, if you've got kids in the house or around some children, it's, it's a fun time of year just to kind of even watch them. And then I know around our house, um, the, our kids get super excited about just, Christmas presents and start thinking about it. And anyway, they're getting to the age now where they're old enough to create their own Amazon list and start going down. You know, I'm kind of wishing we did have the you know old J.C. Penney catalog and you go through and circle things. Um, that was a, yeah, at least a few nods. Um, but um, yeah, yeah, it was at least confined to the 500 pages or whatever it was. So it's a it's a fun time of year. It's a time when your imagination's already running anyway. And my encouragement to you would be is how can we begin to pray big prayers? You need that. This time period, this year, and the, the, the teaching year that we're working on as far as pathway, one of the things we've been talking about is this word explore. And how we're and we've we've hit it on different levels already. We're going to continue to work kind of work through some things. But part of the element that got us to the idea that we as a church body need to be exploring and need to be looking forward is this idea of dreaming big dreams, and that God is at work even when we don't see Him yet. But part of the dreaming big dreams is you need to be able to dream. You need to be able to have an imagination. And my question to, to us this morning is, 
when's the last time or, or, or how are you currently thinking and having an imagination for how could God use you? How could God use your relationship? How could God use your family to bring honor and glory to the kingdom? Sometimes that requires a little bit of imagination. Sometimes that requires us to, to shake things up a little bit or to begin to, to be willing to even pray and say, God, how could you use us to do something? And one of the things I would encourage you to do is, is maybe it's a wish list, just like in Christmas time with kids where they begin to write down, ooh, I would like this, and maybe, you know what, that'd be pretty cool if this, you know, if this could happen. And oftentimes, I know with, with myself, um, but then also with my children getting, getting that reminder that, Sometimes you can make a wish list, right, that's quite exuberant. <laughs> it's, uh, it's like, hey, I don't think you guys understand the price tag that's on all five of those things. Like, and they don't. And that's the beauty of it. And you know what? That's the same thing with me and you. But as we age, sometimes we go through life, and as life kind of beats us up a little bit, or we get a good dose of reality is what we might call it, we begin to think that some things are not practical. Some things may not even be possible. And what I want for you this morning and to move into this week to do is, is maybe in your prayer time some things that you once thought or that you currently think are impossible. That you'll begin to pray over those things again. That those pieces or those things, maybe even that you, ah, you know what, that's, that costs too much. I have no clue how that would get us. I don't, I don't know how we could afford that. I don't know how we could, I don't know if I got, the, I don't know how to get the time to be able to do that. I don't even know the people or the resources to be able to accomplish that thing. You know, that's really not a bad place to be. And, and I, I, don't, I don't think we should live there all the time, but I do think there's an element where you and I and our relationship with God, you need a wish list. You need to have a sanctified imagination, and you need some things that we would love to see happen. But we're not real sure how that's going to go down. You know, really, that's a big part of the original Christmas story, right? In Luke 1, if you want to go there. In Luke 1, in Luke 1 there's, there's a story of a young lady who gets some news and she's got no clue how that's going to take her and where that's going to go and what that's going to look like. And so let's read just a little piece of it in verse 28 of Luke 1. Verse 28, it says, Gabriel appeared to her, talking about Mary, and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Okay, so just a little bit of backstory, right? We got Mary. Mary's not that old. Don't really know exactly how old she is, but she's, let's just say she's not in her 30s, well established in her occupation, and everything's good to go. All right? <laughs> she's not married, by the way, as well, correct? 
And one of the things that, that I tell this story, I've told this story different times. I, love, I first got to tell, I think, from, the, from this side of the stage, got to tell this story to a bunch of high schoolers um, years and years ago. And I just remember my first study for that. You know, one of the things we do with this story is we over-spiritualize it. I mean, there's a lot to be over-spiritualized. But what I mean by that is I think there's times in my mind and what we do is we think, well, things were different back then. You're right, they were. But no, they weren't. (laughs) As crazy as it would be for this to happen right now, it would have been crazy for them. Granted, we're some 2,000 years from this moment. But they were 400 years from hearing from God. And so I don't know how many, how old you guys are, but 2,400, I mean, it's longer than I know. It's all history. So what I mean by that is that, that when this next line right here, where it says, confused and disturbed, right? <laughs> yes, yes, confused and disturbed is 100% what is happening in this. And I need you to use your sanctified imagination and sit in the story for just a little bit because it's... It's quite entertaining, and it is mind-blowing. Gabriel shows up, a messenger straight from God, to speak into her life. And it is confusing and disturbing, (laughs) just as it would be if God did that with you. And so here we are. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean, right? Because Mary's not a theological student. She does not understand what's going on here. It's a little weird. It's a little strange. And so this is what he says. Don't be afraid, Mary. Of course, that's what the angel would need to say. And the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You'll conceive and give birth to a son. And you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. How awesome is that? The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestors, David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. That is an awesome message, right? I mean, for those of you who are mamas in here or those of you who who wish to be mothers, this idea that that an angel would appear and say this about your future child, just mind-blowing, right? One, just the fact that you're going to have a child, that's a blessing. And some of you know that more than others, right? But that's a blessing just to know that moment when you find out, right, that we're going to have a child. And then to know that your child is going to, you have found favor with God and your child is going to be the Messiah. And of course, that's also an overwhelming message. Because that's awesome and you just woke me up from sleep and I don't really understand what's going on here. And that's a great message, Gabriel, but I don't think you understand how this works. Because the next line when she says, but how can this happen? Right? How can this happen? One of the the other translations says, well, how can this be? Right? 
Mary asks the question, how, how like, like, you don't understand. In the next little line, I'm a virgin. Like, you don't understand how this works? Like, like I, 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 I'm not even married. I, I don't understand how I could have a baby. I don't understand how I could have the Messiah. And you know what? I love Gabriel's explanation. Because here's what the angel says, right? In verse 35, it says, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby will be born, will be holy, and he will be called Son of God. What's more, your relative um, Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age, right? And so he's just going to lay it out on her. He's going to be the Son of the Most High, and the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you, and you're going to have a baby, right? And everybody says, yes. That is, a, I mean, that is an awesome, awesome explanation. That's about like if I told you that, um, you know, did you, I mean, did you guys know this, that we can reconcile the general relativity and quantum mechanics together by the simple equation of ER equals EPR. And there's probably just a small handful of you people in here who understand what I'm talking about. Probably some of our... Um, you know, some of our bright engineering students, Brayden Hughes, I know, I think we've even had a conversation maybe about this, but Einstein, Rosen, um, Bridges equals Einstein, Podolsky, Rosen, which is actually type of talking about quantum mechanics, right? You know that just that simple equation can help reconcile those two things. You understand what we're talking about? No. No, you don't. <laughs> I don't really even know what I just said, <laughs> And that's about what I feel like saying like, oh, you, you can reconcile these two things together with just this simple equation. And then I gave you a great explanation. And I told you what the formula is. That's what I feel like Gabriel did to Mary. <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, you're going to have the son of the most high. The Holy Spirit's going to come upon you and then you're going to have a baby. And it's like, I, thanks. What does that look like? like I, I started to go back to the question. How can this be? Like you, you don't understand like, Nothing you just said makes any sense to me. I don't understand. And what I want you to know is that's a great question. That's not a doubting of faith. It is a doubting of faith, actually, but it's not the negative doubting of faith. Because of what we see that Mary continues to move on to. This thing that she's gotten... This message from this messenger is so big that she literally doesn't understand how it can happen. It makes no sense to her, and it wouldn't. It wouldn't make sense to any of us. As if you were asleep one night and all of a sudden an angel began to speak to you. And so this question, I love it because what it gives us is how you can question, how you can have questions, how you cannot understand, but still have faith. Because that's where Mary's at. How can this be? I, I thought that this is the way things were supposed to work. And what you're telling me is that that's not really how it's going to end up working out. How? Like, like I see this lofty thing that's out there. But, but, but how? And what I want you to know is that if you're in that stage, it's okay. And what I hope and pray is that you and I would begin to pray some prayers that would lead us to that moment 
of God, I don't really know. Like the thing that I'm imagining, the thing, my wish list right here, I'm not sure how. Or the thing that I've been praying that I'll, now that I've been reading your word and, and, and the thing that I feel you calling me to, I, I don't know how. I, I don't know the people that I need to know. I don't have the resources that I need. I don't know how we're going to get there. Yeah, neither did Mary. She didn't know how. And that's a pretty special place to be in. As a matter of fact, it made me think of just in some of this is that that's a time period of great joy can come out of that moment. Where, <laughs> all right, <laughs> I, I hear you, I see what's in front of us, but I'm not real sure how we're going to get there. Some 12 years ago, right at, right about 12 years ago, um, Karen and I had our first conversation. Uh, you know, we were young married, had always had the plan to be married at least five years or so before having children and a lot less than that. Um, we had had our first conversation of, you know what, it wouldn't be terrible if we had a baby at some point in the future, you know, sometime relatively soon. But you know, we'll, you know, we'll start thinking about that maybe, you know, sometime soon. But it was our first, like, serious conversation where, like, not completely overwhelmed, not completely like, oh, this would be just terrible. Um, but we were headed to Thanksgiving, right, with family Thanksgiving, we, a long car ride, and so that's what we had our first conversation, right? And then coming kind of back from Thanksgiving, uh, just about a week later, um, we found out we were pregnant. Um, so... <laughs> It was one of those moments that I remember, you know, laying in bed when Karen told me, and it was late at night, and I just remember laughing and thinking, like, well, I'm glad we agreed that <laughs> it wouldn't be terrible, because little did we know we were already pregnant. Um, but there was great joy in that. Now, yeah, part of that, too, was it, we were, there was definitely an overwhelming sense, right, of not like, oh, my gosh, are we ready for this? There are, you know, there's all the questions that come along with bringing a child into the world. And, and, and the very real reality that we knew we were not ready for this. But there's great joy in that. And that God, if we'll trust in him, if we'll follow him, will be with us all along the way. And really this morning, that's, that's the direction I came to point you in for just a few moments is that you and I need to be thinking and praying and beginning to ask, God, what would you have from us? God, use your imagination to create, to move forward, to think about, God, what, how could you use my story? God, how could you use me to move in and through the people who are around me? God, where do you want to take me? And then maybe even two, what's on your wish list? What's on your wish list of things that, you know what, it'd be pretty cool if. I think that'd be a healthy exercise for you this week. And as we begin to think about things, I want to, as the band comes back up, I want to share something with you. Just this simple verse. Because it's all throughout the scripture, but the idea of Colossians 3.2 where it says, Think about things of heaven not the things of this earth. When you and I begin to think that way, 
when we begin to raise our eyes from the things that are just right here around us and begin to really even have a sanctified imagination for how God might move in and through us, I think God will take us to some places that are quite interesting. And I know the initial shock of it might be, I don't, how can this be? But if we continue to follow after him, he's going to take us to places and do things in and through your life that you have not even thought about. Better than you could ask or imagine. Thank you for listening. We challenge you to take some next steps this week. One, think about what it looks like to use your imagination and mind to grow closer to God. Two, God is honored by large prayers and big dreams. Pray for something that seems large and take one practical step as if it will be true. Three, show someone an act of love that you have never done before or haven't in a long time. For more information about small groups, Pathway Kids, or anything Pathway related, Contact us at pathwaybaptist.com slash connect.